0: for news from Danville and Boyle County. As a reminder, Radio Eye is a reading service intended for people who are blind or who have other disabilities that make it difficult to read printed material. Your reader today is Betsy. We are reading from the online editions of The Advocate Messenger, which the publishers have donated to Radio Eye. We begin with an article headlined, Fiscal Court Recognizes Lawrence Hogue as Distinguished Boyle Veteran, written by Fiona Morgan. The Fiscal Court presented Lawrence Hogue with the 2022 Paul Chandler Distinguished Boyle County Veteran Award at their meeting last Thursday. In honor of Veterans Day, members of the court thanked all veterans for their service including magistrates who serve, and Judge Executive Howard Hunt, who is a retired brigadier general from the U.S. Air Force. Established in 2020, the Boyle Veteran Award is named after Paul Chandler, who was a combat veteran who fought at the Battle of the Bulge in World War II. The second recipient was Sergeant Jack Hendricks, who is involved in many veteran affairs in the county. Hogue is a World War II Purple Heart recipient. He fought in the U.S. Army as a paratrooper with the 11th Airborne Division. His unit was also the first unit into Japan after the armistice, and he served a year on occupation duty. Hogue fought 32 days in combat before being wounded by a hand grenade. He shared that story of a man who saved his life the day he was wounded. When his unit was fighting the Japanese army, Japanese soldiers were surrounding a mountain, making it difficult for troops to hold their positions or to go around the mountain. Hoke said the Japanese were all around, hidden in bushes, and they couldn't see them going out. His division had to take a different way around the mountain than they approached, and Ho was the first man to take that different way. Ho was hit by a grenade. His squad leader had two men carry Ho to a jeep at the top of a hill to get first aid. One of them was shot, helping Ho. The bad Japanese shot my buddy on the right. Killed him dead, Ho said. I honor that man, and I've tried very hard to locate that man's parents, or someone. I found out he was adopted when he was six years old from Cook County, Illinois, and there was no other information I could ever find. Hogue still has eight pieces of steel from the grenade in his body, one of them in his finger, which he lets people feel when sharing his story. Magistrate John Kaywood thanked Hogue for doing just that. These are stories that will never be told because it's so difficult. Thank you for sharing, Kaywood said. Hunt presented Hogue with the award and read the proclamation, some of which reads: "Mr. Hogue continues to serve by supporting the military veteran community in Boyle County, and has enhanced." generational awareness as a custodian of military tradition by promoting the history and virtues of service to America. Hunt also presented plaques to Kaywood and Magistrate Phil Sammons, who are also veterans. Hunt, Kaywood, and Sammons will not be returning to the fiscal court next year after being outvoted in last week's election. Hunt spoke about his appreciation for veterans and how much they sacrificed for the country. Portions of the plaques read, Veterans have done what others would not do. Veterans have served others before themselves. Veterans have faced adversity with the resolve to overcome. Veterans have done all they could do to keep our nation free. Kaywood and Sammons Thanked and saluted Hunt. It's hard to know what to say other than, it's an honor to have served, Caleb said. Next article was written by Toyota Morgan. Headline Peak Seras Elected to Danville Commission. The Danville City Commission will get a new face and a returning face this January. Donna Peake will be among, will be the new person among re-elected commissioners Kevin Caudill and Jenny Holland. Rick Saris had been on the commission for six years before getting bumped in 2020 and is now returning to the commission. Peake worked for the city of Danville as city clerk for 30 years before retiring. She wanted to get back to serving the citizens by running for commission. I enjoy serving the citizens, so I wanted to continue to serve them. That was my goal, He said. When she was canvassing, she heard citizens say they like that she already has experience with the city. She believes her perspective as an employee is different from any other commissioners. My perspective is from a totally different role. I was an employee of the city and I worked with city managers, mayors, and I don't know how many city commissioners, and I always respected them for what they did, He said. The employee side is a whole different thing. You hear things. You hear concerns that maybe the commission hasn't heard. So I would hope to bring that knowledge to the commission. As former city clerk, he has already worked with everyone on the commission and the new mayor, James Atkins. She believes that familiarity will make a great team. We know each other. We know each other's personalities, she said. I'm excited, and I think we'll work well together. Some issues, issues she heard from citizens include concerns about water rates. People want more trails and park systems, and activities for kids and adults but she heard mostly positives and only some negatives. She said she wants to learn more about what's going on before deciding what specific issues she wants to focus on. I'm not coming into this with an agenda. I want to do what's best for Danville, he said. You can't go in and say I'm going to change this and this and this. It's a group. We're a team and we should work as a team. Peek looks forward to getting updated on city projects, learning about other issues, and working together with other agencies and the county. What affects the taxpayers affects me, because I'm a citizen and I pay those taxes," Peek said. Saris had served three terms on the commission, a total of six years. He ran again in 2020 but did not win a seat. He believed he. Had He believed he had a good chance of getting a seat in this year's race and was relieved at the outcome. Sarah says he has a passion to give back to the community and was encouraged to run when he first ran, and this year as well. People feel like I'm a common sense kind of guy, and I hope that I am. So when I got bumped last term, and then this term came around, I got the same encouragement, he said. It has nothing to do with financial gain, nothing to do with putting myself on a pedestal. It's all about serving the community the best way I can. He said his main focus is creating and maintaining a good quality of life for citizens. He also says maintaining places and events that Danville has to offer, like Constitution Square Park, and the Brass Band Festival will keep tourists coming to the area. If the quality of life here is good, that's how you attract business. Young entrepreneurs, certainly the residents already here, also benefit from that, Sarah said. He continued, We've got to keep the ball rolling on some of the things we've got going on. We're putting money into parks and streetscapes. But the big issue, I think, is employer retention. We need to figure out why people are turning jobs down or not staying in Danville. He said there are things related to jobs that the city can't help, but that they can do something in some areas. He said one example is the city is helping with the issue of childcare by doing work in Jenny Rogers to make that space a daycare. Sarah said the city can also help to attract clean small businesses that people would be interested in working for, and that two to three small businesses would equal a bigger one. He's excited by the new lineup of commissioners and said they will make a great team. I am very pleased with this team and the reason is we have experience, and I think these people are going to work together, Sarah said. The next article, written by Lance Gaither, is headline, Dream Flight Charities Helps Students Soar. Last Friday, the Rotary Club of Danville visited Stuart Powell Field to learn about Dream Flight Charities, a nonprofit organization that seeks to get students interested in aviation and provide flight training scholarships. We use our passion for aviation to instill core values, said Executive Director of Dream Flight Charities, Drew Underwood. We want to teach them a valuable skill in the cockpit, but we want to do so in such a way that affects their life outside of it, too. We want to make an impact that will last a lifetime. It's amazing. You'll have one of the most apathetic students who don't care about anything, But when you take them on a plane ride, give them some time at the controls, to see their faces when they land is one of the most exciting things for me. Services offered by Dream Flight Charities are discovery flights, scholarships, aviation camps for younger students, and partnering with Kentucky schools to support aviation-based STEM programs. Underwood stressed the many skills that students can learn from aviation can be used in everyday life and in other fields, such as mechanics and physics. He wants to create a program that is self-sustaining and cited a similar program at Samuels Field Airport in in Bardstown that has secured its own funding by auctioning student-built kit planes as an example of what he hopes DreamFlight can achieve. Underwood said that Kentucky is one of the top states for aerospace exports. We are leading the way in the industry, and most people don't even know it, Underwood said. We are the only state with three major air freight carriers, UPS, DHL, and Amazon. It's amazing how many opportunities are available. Morehead State University partnered with NASA to bring a lunar module for to build, rather, a lunar module for Artemis I. We are surrounded by spaceports in our other states. They're looking at Kentucky as a hub for manufacturing and warehousing the parts for them. There's endless potential. We highlight that to students and push them into those industries. Next, a headline, Two Injured in Single Vehicle Crash. On Sunday, October 13th at 7.17 a.m., the Danville Police Department responded to a single vehicle injury collision that occurred on KY-52, between Stanford Avenue and Old Lancaster Road. Preliminary investigation determined that Jason Jacob Salzbach, 19, of Parable, was operating a 2005 Honda Pilot on State Route 52, traveling toward Danville, approaching the intersection of Stanford Road. The driver lost control of the vehicle before traveling off the west side of the roadway. The vehicle re-entered the roadway before flipping and coming to final rest on its top in the middle of State Route 52. The rear passenger, Trevor Boyd, 19 of Paraville, was ejected from the vehicle. Both vehicle occupants were transported by Boyle County EMS to Ephraim McDowell Regional Medical Center. Boyd was later transferred via ambulance to the University of Kentucky Health Care. The extent of his injuries is not known at this time. Danville Police called a reconstructionist to the scene, and the incident is still under investigation. Danville Police were assisted at the scene by Boyle County EMS, along with the Danville Fire Department. Our next article is headlined, Garden Club, Decorates for the Holidays. Decorating for the holidays can be easier than it looks, with the help of floral wire, a glue gun, and several tricks. It needn't take hours, expensive supplies, or even exceptional design talent to create imaginative holiday decor. A table full of examples was on display at the Garden Club of Danville's November meeting at the Presbyterian Church. Experienced members Martha Kaywood, Elspeth Cobb, Fran Halloran, Diane Michako, and Jan Messmore were each teamed with several newer members to pass along their skills and knowledge, along with tips and shortcuts. Earlier in the month, each team met to make one or more arrangements, at the meeting, they explained the methods and materials they used, from flowers, evergreens, and fruit, to bare sticks from the garden, and even straw placemats. Refreshments were served after the program, allowing long-time and newer members to get acquainted. The headline of an article that was published Tuesday, November 15. Breathed several injured in Eastern Kentucky school bus crash. Five people, including four children, were seriously injured from a bus crash in McGoffin County on Monday morning, according to McGoffin County Judge Executive Matt Wireman. The accident happened around 7.20 a.m. on Route 40 when the bus went over an embankment. Eighteen students were on the bus when the accident happened, and all were taken to area hospitals. Four children and the bus driver are in serious or critical condition. At the time of this statement, there are no reported fatalities, but the students and driver have varying degrees of injuries, the school district said in a statement. They have been transported by ambulance or helicopter to regional hospitals. The District would like to thank everyone that extended a helping hand at the scene of the accident. Please keep all families in your thoughts and prayers. Injuries of the occupants ranged from minor cuts to critical injuries. The details of the collision are under investigation according to the Kentucky State Police. The Salyersville Independent reported the bus was travelling towards Saliersville when it dropped off the pavement and into the ditch and then re-entered the roadway. The driver appears to the driver appears to have overcorrected, crossing both lanes and over the embankment, striking and cutting a utility pole in half. The bus landed on its passenger side facing Johnson County. The female driver was ejected and partially pinned under the bus. Children, ranging from elementary, middle, and high school, were on the bus at the time of the accident, and some were seriously injured. There has been discussion about the possibility of a guardrail in the area where the crash happened, but water and sewer lines under the roadway have created barriers to moving forward with that, Moirman said. He said several crashes have been reported in the general area over the years. That's typical in any rural area where you have a lot of winding roads, he said. The school bus did not have seatbelts, Meadows said. The National Transportation Safety Board renewed a call earlier this month for adding belt- seatbelts on school buses, after completing an investigation of a 2020 crash in Tennessee that killed the driver and a seven-year-old girl. Next, a sad story from the area. Former Lincoln and current Somerset coach Lucas dies at 50. Written by Mike Marcy. Robbie Lucas, a former Lincoln County football player and coach, who led Somerset to a state championship, has died at age 50. The Commonwealth Journal in Somerset reported that Lucas, who had been Somerset's coach for the past 14 seasons, died on Sunday. Lucas coached at Lincoln County in 2002 and 2003 and continued to live in Lincoln County even after leaving his alma mater. He spent more than 20 seasons with the Somerset program, including the last 14 as head coach. The Briar Jumpers season ended Friday with a loss to Lexington Christian in the second round of the Class 2A playoffs, and Lucas was not at the game. Lucas played at Lincoln from 1986 through 89 and graduated from the school in 1990. He'd previously been an assistant coach at Somerset before being hired at Lincoln County until 2002, and he returned to the staff there as an assistant coach in 2004, and was named head coach in 2009. Next, Walker's Trail recognized for customer service. Walker's Trail A Trilogy Health Services Senior Living Community in Danville was recently honored with an award for outstanding customer service during the company's annual fall meeting, which was held earlier this month in Indianapolis. By placing residents and families first, Walker's Trail exceeded the expectations of the people it serves, earning Trilogy's coveted Sweet Nebraska Service Award. Dubbed the Sweet Nebraska by Trilogy Health Services founder Randy Bufford, it recognizes Trilogy communities who scored a 9.75 or above out of 10 on their customer satisfaction surveys. The Danville campus earned an overall score of 9.77 from feedback in categories including staff attitude, quality of nursing care, food quality, activity programming, appearance, and cleanliness. It's with great pride that we receive this recognition. Our scores on the Customer Satisfaction Survey represent our team's dedication to servant leadership and providing the best care for our residents and their families, said Lindsay Foster, Executive Director. We will continue to strive to exceed their expectations. Twice a year, Trilogy Health Services solicits feedback from the residents and families they serve. Responses are viewed as invaluable and are used to identify places where the campus excels, as well as opportunities for growth. Company-wide, More than 11,040 surveys were mailed to family members and other responsible parties. Next, the headline, Danville man Sentenced to 30 Years in Child Porn Case. Casey Scott Armstrong, 47, of Danville, was sentenced to 30 years in federal prison by U.S. District Judge Karen Caldwell production of child pornography. Armstrong appeared in U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Kentucky in Lexington. His plea agreement of 360 months confirms that in March 2021, Armstrong began sharing methamphetamine with a minor female, and in May of that year, Armstrong began engaging in sexual acts with that same minor later producing two videos of himself engaging in sex with that child. The plea agreement also confirms that Armstrong gave amphetamine and engaged in sex with another minor female in August of 2021. Armstrong pleaded guilty in August 22. Under federal law, Armstrong must serve 85% of his prison sentence. Upon his release from prison, he would be under the supervision of the U.S. Probation Office for life. The investigation was conducted by the FBI and Danville Police. Assistant U.S. Attorneys Aaron Roth and Mary Melton prosecuted the case as part of Project Safe Childhood a nationwide initiative to combat the growing epidemic of child sexual exploitation and abuse, which was launched in May 2006 by the Department of Justice. Led by U.S. Attorneys' Offices and the Criminal Division's Child Exploitation and Obscenity Section, Project Safe Childhood marshals federal, state, and local resources to better locate, apprehend, and prosecute individuals who exploit children via the Internet, as well as to identify and rescue the victims. The next article is headlined, Fort Logan Welcomes New Provider. Fort Logan Walk-In and Primary Care Welcomes Teeny Kissy, FNPBC, to the practice. Beginning on November 21st, Kissy will join the practice with advanced practice providers Ann Davis, Jennifer Merrick, and Glenn Ware. Kissy is board certified by the American Nurses Credentialing Center. She received her bachelor's in nursing from the University of Kentucky and then completed the family nurse practitioner master's in nursing program at Northern Kentucky University. Kissy will be providing primary and walk-in care services for patients of all ages. Kissy lives in Liberty with her husband, Neil Luttrell, and their four children, Callan and Corbin Kissy and Skylar and Savannah Luttrell. In her free time, Kissy enjoys baking, fishing, and hiking with her family. Fort Logan Walk-In and Primary Care is located at 110 Metker Trail in Stanford. Services are available Sunday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And so this concludes reading excerpts from recent editions of the Danville Advocate Messenger. Your reader has been Betsy. We hope that you'll now please stay tuned for continued programming and on behalf of everyone here at Radio Eye, we thank you for listening and we hope that you'll have a good rest of your day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, uh-huh, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell.